0: invited speakers and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Welcome to Political Prisoner Radio. This is Scotty Reed in for this broadcast from behind enemy lines. Today's date is September the 20th, 2015 of course. It is 9 o'clock p.m. on this Sunday night and we're glad that you are with us. Again, this is Political Prisoner Radio. If you never uh tuned in to this program. This is your first time listening to this program. We focus on political prisoners and prisoners of war being held by the United States government, as you know the United States government will have you believe that there are no political prisoners uh in this country. um We do have a guest for you tonight. uh We will be joined here shortly by El Haj Mari Salikan of the Peace and Justice Foundation. And he will be coming on to give us an update about our, uh, political prisoner, our elder, our brother, uh, Imam Jamil Alameen, formerly known as H. Rap Brown, uh, who was with the Black Panther Party and SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in the 60s. Um, he has a medical emergency and we'll be talking about that tonight. Um, also, while speaking of political prisoners while the corporate media and politicians are posturing on the issue of political prisoners in Cuba uh, in efforts of course to demonize Cuba and prevent the economic blockade that has been on there on them since 1959 uh they are saying well what about These political prisoners in Cuba saying they got something like 3,000 political prisoners. But again, of course, these people will not admit to you that there are political prisoners right here in the United States and they are uh, being tortured, tortured. I mean, if you look at the international community and what they define as torture, solitary confinement is one of those uh, forms of torture. And we have political prisoners that have been in solitary confinement for over 40 years all right. And there was an article published this week on Examiner that came out. Uh, I think it was Michael Richardson. He writes a lot about the Omaha, too. Of course, the Omaha, Two is Mondo Weilenga and Ed Point Dexter. And, um, you know, they were set up uh, by the loc- not only the local police in Nebraska, Uh, but also the FBI. And so an article, uh, Mr. Richardson published an article this week saying that FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover paid out bonuses after the Omaha 2, again, that's Mondo Wielanga and Ed Poindexter, after they were convicted on doctored evidence. If you go to YouTube, you can find documentaries about uh, their trial and all the shenanigans that was going on there and last but not least uh tonight we want to take a look at this bill that was uh introduced by senator bernie sanders um i think uh representative yeah representative keith ellison They gave a press conference and i can't remember the um the guy in the house who co-sponsored the bill but the name of the bill is justice is not for sale act um that has been introduced and the bill would among other things abolish private prisons and jails in the United States. It would also restore the federal parole system to what it was before Ronald Reagan signed a bill in the law in 1984 that required federal prisoners to do 85 percent. Of their time before they could even be considered for parole doesn't matter the nature of the crimes that they were accused of committing and, and convicted of but if they went in there let's say they, they did something that you know people would say yeah you killed somebody you should be in prison or you stole something or you know whatever. But let's say they went in there. Let's say they were sentenced to 60 years and they then did 30 years. OK. And they have gotten a master's degree or, you know, just rehabilitated themselves. Well, you know, you can't even look at those sort of circumstances because of that um, 1984 sentencing reform act. So this bill would restore the federal parole system, what it was before Reagan did, what he did. Um, And also, it would take on the telecommunication corporations and banking services that overcharge prisoners and their families with high fees. Now, this is political prisoner radio. So we want to look at this bill, look at those things I just brought up and see. Would this have a positive impact on political prisoners? Would it help their families in terms of the cost that it is costing them? So, yeah, we want to look at it. Through those lens. And before um we even get to that portion, um I just wanna say this. I am not personally I'm I, and I'm hate Sister Mejels on the line. She's the co producer, co host of political prisoner radio. I don't endorse uh presidential candidates. I don't even endorse I don't care if you are running for dog catcher. Don't I don't endorse you. I don't endorse you. But I'm looking at this legislation. And I believe in death to the system by a thousand paper cuts and for those people that uh, are waiting for a revolution, um, you know, if we can free one of our people through this bill, I, I think it would be worth it. That's my personal opinion. Other people can speak for themselves. So that's what we have uh, lined up for you tonight. And before we welcome on our guest, uh, Brother Mari, um, Sister Amijo, uh, greetings to you, sis. How are you tonight? Sister Amijo, are you there? Okay, I think we lost. This
1: is Brother Salakan, I'm here.
0: Okay, um I'm not seeing Sister Amijo on the line, so let me see if she might, Yes, yeah, she got disconnected. Let's give her a call back. Uh, welcome Brother Mari, uh, please, uh, bear with us as we work through these technical issues. Gotta get the co-producer and co-host on the line. Please leave your message for. Okay. Sister Amijo, do we got you now? All right. Uh, something's going on with Sister Medjul's line. We have her, but uh, why we uh, we going to go ahead and roll with the program, brother? Uh, Mari, good to speak to you again, brother.
1: It's good to be with you as well, and your listeners.
0: All right, yeah. and and as I stated, um, you work with the Peace and Justice Foundation, which is in the Washington D.C. area. It's a human right. You're a human rights advocate, author, lecturer, and poet. And so we are always, you know, uh, glad to hear from you. Uh, But let's go ahead and get started. What can you tell us tonight in terms of an update on the case of of Elder Imam Jamil Alameen? I know that it has recently been stated that he's having medical issues again. So wherever you want to start, brother, go ahead. The mic is yours. No,
1: I had, um, it was my intention and I, I regret now. I mean, it just came back to mind. I regret now not having done it. I was going to call Sister Karima, his wife, and uh, speak with her uh, for a few minutes to get uh, the latest information that she had concerning the Imam, and I just forgot to do it. Uh, but the latest that I have, which I acquired from uh, speaking to one of the other members of uh, Jericho, um, and, and and this was information they got from one of the inmates
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: who was concerned about the imam and uh, made a call to Jericho, who informed them as to what was going on. His jaw had had, had swelled up again, uh, mm-hmm. two or three times. Its normal size, and uh, that, of course, raised alarm uh, about you know, what, what was going on. And it, apparently, he has it, one of the uh, one of the sisters who was a doctor, uh, uh, who was a member of the was able to make a call and to speak to, I guess, one of the institutional. A uh, physician uh, to, to inquire, you know, physician to physician, you know, what's 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 been happening with the imam and his prognosis et cetera. And apparently there is this condition that he has. I forgot what the name of it is.
0: Myeloma. Uh, um, yeah, he has smoldering multiple myeloma. He also has, and I might be pronouncing this name, this, uh, name of this, uh, wrong, but it's spelled S J O G R E N. I think that's so. Your
3: recording has reached the maximum length. Uh, to replay your message, uh, give me press just one. A To delete I don't know and re record your message, from. press three. For delivery options,
0: Okay, that was Sister Mijo's line. She might be having some issues. Uh, Sister Mijo, anytime you want to call in to the program, uh, we're here. I hope that everything's okay on your end. Uh, but, yeah, um, I um, linked our tonight's uh, program description to POWMedicalJustice.com, and they had okay. issued a report on September the 9th, and that information did come from Jericho Amnesty Movement who had received a call um um like you mentioned from one of the uh prisoners about uh, uh our elder uh Jamil Al- Abdul Alameen and so um yeah so he's dealing with multiple issues cuz we, we I remember you know when we were reporting it might have been a year or two ago that you know his his jaw has swollen up just like it's right. swollen up now and they weren't giving him any medical attention whatsoever. And finally, you know, through his supporters and people calling and calling and calling, they finally did. And that's when they discovered that he has smoldering multiple uh myeloma. So he also has Sorge Grin's syndrome, which is another autoimmune condition. So that's what he has multiple issues going on. Yes, he does. He
1: has multiple issues going on. Well, Mia has multiple issues. Uh, going on and, uh, it's, it's something that is raising, uh, well deserved red flags, uh, among those of us who are concerned about our political prison. Uh, you know, there is this concern about execution by medical neglect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, we are, we are planning to, to do something on the 25th, uh, for Dr. Afia Siddiqui. We're going to have a demonstration at the Bureau of Prison. And, uh, inshallah ta'ala, what we're planning to do on that day when, uh, we, when we assemble for her is to also raise, if we have an opportunity to speak with the authorities, on that day, directly, uh, not just through the demonstration, but directly, man to man. We're also going to raise the issue of concern for, uh, Imam Jamil and Momia as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these, these, these very emotionally burdensome issues, uh, for the family and for those of us who are concerned about These prisoners of ours, um, you know, they're 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 there, and they're going to be there with us. Uh, Unfortunately, it appears for the foreseeable future. So we just got just got to complete uh, just continue the struggle, as 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 we say, just continue the struggle, and the struggle in this regard is a struggle of vigilance. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's conveyed by whatever means we have at our disposal. Uh, to the appropriate authorities that, uh, you know, we are, we are concerned and we're watching and uh, to the best of our ability, we're going to hold you accountable, uh, for what you're supposed to be doing, uh, according to the law by these prisons.
0: And one of the issues that that um, one of the things that you mentioned, I believe, you know, is exactly what is going on. And you were saying like execution by medical neglect. And, you know, because I am also part of the new abolitionist movement, which seeks to end 21st century slavery and human trafficking uh that is done through these prisons, private prisons, state prisons, federal prisons. Uh, they're all practicing slavery and human trafficking uh, from the analysis that I have done and others have done. And medical neglect is something that that goes on a lot uh, within the prison system. But then when you start talking about political prisoners, when you talk about people who. You know, to, uh, quote some of our revolutionaries who dared to struggle, to dare to win, you know, to liberate, um, our people, then, you know, this is really, a, a real serious concern. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's, to me, it's more than just neglect. It's intentionally withholding medical, um, care that they need, uh, to bring about their, uh, deaths. That's right. and, 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 and that is a
1: concern. Um, with many of our prisoners, but it is especially, especially a concern with prisoners like Imam Jamil, Mumia, and Dr. Athiyah Siddiqui. In the case of Imam Jamil and Mumia, there is a very uh, deep, uh, a very deeply entrenched, um, mean-spirited vendetta against them. And... Uh, and so there are those within the system that, uh, would not hesitate, uh, if they had the opportunity to, uh, to achieve that end simply because of that deeply held vendetta they have against these two brothers. In the case of Afia, uh, I, the motivation is a little different though just I believe as as real and just as intense. With with Afia it's about cover up. It it it's about cover up. Them not wanting this woman to be able uh, to be free, especially given the amount of attention that has come to her plate over the past few years, especially over the past two or three years. Um, and, and they can almost see the handwriting on the wall that, you know, this, this pressure is building and building and building. And there is a, a good chance that she may end up being released as a result of this pre- pressure. If not, um, through a, um, you know, compassionate health related relief regime, uh, then, uh, perhaps a treaty. Uh, or an exchange, a prisoner exchange. But there's ability because of the, you know, this this awareness of her and this this support for her is just growing by leaps and, and bounds internationally. And they are concerned about what they have done to this woman and the story that she can tell. I believe, um, and that's that's the concern. I believe with obvious about cover up, about not wanting her to see, be able to see the light of day uh outside of that prison hellhole where she's being held. Um and if she is released being in such a debilitated state that she would not pose any threat um, when it comes to you know just having the capacity to tell her story. But oh. but these three prisoners, Aki, you know, these these three prisoners, uh Imam Jamil Momia Bujamal and Afia Siddiqui, uh, they should be viewed as, as, as cases that are, that, that require special attention uh, from the community, uh, in, in terms of, you know, doing whatever we can from where we are to preserve their human rights, uh, for, you know, put, 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 treatment that they're supposed to be entitled to, according to the constitution of this land, that that supposedly, theoretically, bars cruel and unusual punishment. You know, it's a farce.
0: Right? Not only the constitution, but the human rights treaties that they have signed.
1: And the, that's right. The human rights treaties that this country is a signatory to.
0: Mm-hmm. um, um. I want to say this, and then I, we got um, our co-producer and co-host back, Sister Mead. am glad you're back with us, sis. Um, but I wanted to say this. Um, for me, as a, a, I still would cons- call myself a young person, okay, even though I'm, I'm about to turn 48, but in comparison to, you know, these brothers and sisters, our political prisoners, those are my elders and whatnot. And I right. believe that, you know, they continue to hold them. Um Regard, Regardless of, you know, guilt or innocence, but to send a message to, you know, people in my generation, uh, people out there, the young people out there in the streets right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's a, it's sending us a message that, you know, if you come up against empire, if you come up against the status quo, if you work towards liberating, you know, your people, this is what will become of you. So I believe that they continue to not only hold them, but to attempt to kill them to send a message to the rest of us. And, um, so I, I believe that plays a role in it. Um, um, Sister Amija, um, welcome back. Um, did you have any thoughts?
3: Um, uh, good evening. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties. No problem. Um, no, I mean, just, You know, I'm in a a wholehearted, you know, agreement that, you know, brothers and sisters, if, you know, the system, you know, did not get a chance to, you know, murder them out in the street, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or beat them, you know, to death, you know, they've, they've certainly, um, done everything that they could, um, on the inside. Um, I mean, clearly, you know, not only just medical neglect, but, you know, setting up many of our political prisoners, um, you know, for assassination plots.
0: Like you go not that long right. ago. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Exactly. You know, um, so, you know, it's, it's a continuum, you know, of this, you know, racist, white supremacist, you know, society that, that we live in this continuum of, um, you know, them plotting the death and destruction, you know, of our freedom fighters, um, all across the board, you know, even those who, you know, are unnamed, who go, you know, unknown and brothers and sisters that are just, you know, now dying, you know, in police custody, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and people dying of suspicious circumstances and people who, you know, we would not know as, you know, clearly defined as necessarily freedom fighters. But, you know, we have many martyrs out here now that, you know, have have given their lives, um, you know, to the struggle. Um, And even though they we might not define them as a political prisoner, they may not have, you know, spent years or decades, you know, earning certain accolades, um, you know, certainly um some of the heinous crimes um that we've seen recently um you know we we have to um you know elevate the names of um you know these individuals um and 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 uplift um you know, certain, you know, especially like all the, the murders that are taking place with, with black women and, um, you know, certainly, um, the, a lot of the trans deaths that are happening. So, you know, uh, we have to begin to put certain things in, you know, proper context and understand that all of it, uh, and connecting all the dots is part of the struggle.
0: Um, from the, again, and I've linked this for those who are listening, um, to, uh, Black Talk Radio Network through in or you're not on the website. When you get an opportunity, go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com and look up Political Prisoners uh, program for today. It also, of course, be there for the podcast. But there is a link again to POWMedicalJustice.com. Uh, some of the things that um, I'm reading here, it says the family, um, and I'm I'm speaking of Imam Jamil. Um uh, Alamine, also known as Hrap Brown, some of the things that his family is considering is filing uh legal action concerning his condition and lack of medical care. But in the meanwhile, they are asking uh that we continue to put his story out there and and keep him in our discussions, but they're also asking us to call or fax um USP Kane um uh, Kane, I believe is how you pronounce it. China. Kanan, yes. All right, Kanan. USP Canan, mm-hmm. and the and uh demand that Imam Jamil be given immediate adequate medical attention. His phone the phone number to call um them is 570-488-8000. That's the phone number. Again, that's 570-488-8000. The fax number if you want to send a fax demanding that Imam Jamil Alameen be given adequate medical attention, you can fax them at 570-488-8130. Again, that's 570-488-8130. And um, you can also get the address where you can also write uh, Imam Jamil Abdul Alameen. He It has all the information right there. And I want to thank the people at POWMedicalJustice.com for their work in spreading this information as well. Um, yeah,
3: All right, Scotty. I also wanted to mention that Pennsylvania now is the largest holder of our political prisoners. um Many people used to be scattered across the country um but the dominant population that we are aware of by the numbers is Pennsylvania, so um there's at least fourteen or fifteen um that I know of that are in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe in the near future that we need to have, you know, a Pennsylvania state, um, you know, campaign going against, you know, just the governor and, um, you know, some kind of a strategy to, you know, address, um, you know, the lack of uh, health care. I know that um, abolitionist law center and Brett team who's done a lot of the work from OMEA. Um, several organizations, especially the um uh, abolitionist law center, are now um fighting for these various medical campaigns in, in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And it's not just necessarily associated to our prisoners but just um mass incarceration and, and prisoners in general.
0: Yeah, modern slavery. Um Right. Um, so, um, uh, brother Mari, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, later on in the broadcast, but I want to ask you why we still have you. Um, Senator Bernie Sanders, yes, I know he's a Zionist. I I know that he voted to have, um, uh, uh, our sister, uh, elder Asada Shakur extradited from Cuba. So, you know, he's no friend to the political prisoners or any of our prisoners of war, he is not a friend to any revolutionary uh uh people, but just looking at the justice is not for sale act twenty fifteen just looking at the bill and um you know for its on its own. And for uh, its merits, one of the key things that it's going to do is abolish private prisons and jails in the United States. If we can get it passed, uh, also supposed to restore the federal parole system that Reagan, uh, when he passed the reform um, sentencing reform act in 1984, which requires federal prisoners to do 85 percent of their time for before they can even be considered for parole. But it also takes on telecommunications and the banking services. That we know overcharges the prisoners and their families with exorbitantly high fees, and so I don't know if you had an opportunity, and, I, and for the listeners, I have linked to the summary of that bill but just based on what i have referred to you or what you may have heard of about it what are your thoughts on the bill and and do you think that this could impact you know um not only all prisoners in the federal system but political prisoners
1: well what you just shared brother is um the, the most detail that i've uh heard anyone give of this legislation that's coming from the, uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign?
0: Uh, from Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders. and uh, somebody else co-sponsored it with him. It okay. was just introduced uh, a couple of days yeah, ago.
1: Please, please send me a link to it, brother, because, you know, what I heard, of what I just heard from you, I mean, these are these are the very positive steps in the right direction. Um, and You know, would no doubt be a benefit both to prisoners, uh, and to their families and other supporters in the, uh, in the community at large. And so it's something that, you know, we can, we can get behind. I like you. I'm, I'm just, I feel the same as you do about these political candidates and, you know, Bernie Sanders is no, um, no exception. Um, they, they have their positives and, they have their negatives um, most of them most of these uh, political animals are uh, not to be trusted uh, I think the system generally speaking is a system that is uh, is very untrustworthy but we we take what we can get we we support what is good and what you just shared with me the elements of what you just shared with me of that legislation are good elements that we, uh, can, uh, uh support and, and benefit from.
2: Well, most, I would like yeah. for you to
1: send me the link. I would like for you to send me the link so I can study that uh, piece of legislation in, uh, in more detail. And
0: yes, I have and a and link. Maybe write to, write um, a couple
1: of pieces on it, a piece of the butt.
0: Yeah, analytical
1: I, commentary
0: on it, inshallah. yeah, I uploaded it to my Google Drive because it was in PDF form and it hasn't been posted yet to Thomas dot gov where they usually post the legislation. But I got a hold of the PDF for the full bill okay. and the okay. summary. So I'll send you the link to both of those and you can view okay, them and great. download them. Great, great. All right. Um as we get ready to uh come upon we're at the halfway point of the program. Uh we do have some other things to discuss but before uh we move on, uh brother Mari, did you have any last words uh for the people and any kind of information, contact information, uh actions you would like for them to take? Please share that with them.
1: Absolutely. Um and first of all, thank you uh for this opportunity. Thank you Sister Nijo, for of uh, extending this invitation. Um, You're welcome. We are planning this week to do something special for our sister, uh, Dr. Afia Siddiqui. Um, uh, she has been suffering now for over 12 years. Uh, the first five secretly held overseas and tortured. Um, and with the the last seven-plus now being here in the United States, it was in September of 2010, September 23rd to be exact, 2010, that Afia Siddiqui was sentenced uh, to 86 years of imprisonment. Um, This September 23rd, this coming Wednesday, will be five years since that nefarious sentencing. And what we want to do is mark this occasion with three days of special um, uh, uh, events or, or, or special initiatives not not events but initiatives on on Wednesday we are planning to do a uh, call-in campaign uh, to the Pakistani embassy encouraging the embassy to do more to get the release and repatriation of their citizens. That's on Wednesday. On Thursday, we're planning to make calls to the Bureau of Prisons headquarters, the BOP headquarters in Washington, D.C., uh, to intensify the call uh, for Afia to uh, be allowed an independent medical team to examine her, to be allowed in to the institution FMC Carswell in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, to examine her. We want her sister, Dr. Fauzia Siddiqui, to be a part of this medical team. And then on Friday, the third day of the mobilization, uh, we're planning to do a demonstration in front of the DOP headquarters uh, for Afia. And like I said, when, if we have an opportunity to speak to officials in the building before the 90 minute mobilization ends, uh, we are also going to raise our concerns about, uh, uh, Imam Jamil and Mumia as well. So, uh, this is going to happen on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Folks who want to get more information, especially on the numbers that, 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 uh, they should call on, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, just email us at peace through justice at AOL.com. That's P-E-A-C-E. T-E-A-C-E, through T-H-R-U, justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E, at AOL.com. Uh, or they can call 202-246-9608. We're going to send out um, a release tonight, and then there's going to be a more detailed release that's going to go out uh, no later than Monday morning. And so uh, if, if you'd like to get that information, just email us. Uh, let us know where you are. Oh, and the demonstration scheduled for Friday is going to take place at four o'clock. It's going to just be for 90 minutes, from four to 5:30 p.m. Four to 5:30 in front of BLP headquarters in Washington D.C., just off of Capitol Hill. So, with that, um, I, again, I thank you for um, for having me on to share some thoughts on these very urgent and um, and uh, indeed critical matters, uh, relating to, uh, imprisonment here in the United States. And, um, I, 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 I pray for your uh, continued health, uh, the two of you so that you can continue to do the work that you've been doing in support of these prisoners. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. And I will get those links that you requested to you tonight. So if you want to check, um, in, in the morning, they will be there.
1: Thank you very much, brother.
0: All right. You have a good night, sir.
1: You too. You.
0: Okay. Um, we're going to take a short station identification break, uh, play some message music. Um want to hear from uh, Malcolm Hicks talking about taking the United States to the United Nations and um, also a, a Cuban solidarity message. Uh, so y'all stay tuned. We will be back when we come back on the other side. Uh, we want to talk about briefly this article that was published again. I have linked to it. J, FBI director J. Edgar Hoover paid out bonuses after the Omaha 2, which consists of Mondo Wilanga, uh, Ed Poindexter. Uh, they were affiliates of the Black Panther Party and were doing nothing more than feeding children. And that's what the uh, FBI agent and special agent in charge in. In, uh, Nebraska told, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, but he wasn't trying to hear it. We gotta set these, you know, niggas up and put them in jail. How dare they feed children and all that kind of stuff. So we want to talk about that article. And, uh, then, um, you know, again, I will, uh, talk about the Justice is Not For Sale Act 2015. So you're listening to Political Prisoner Radio, uh, with Yours truly, Scotty Reed and Sister Amija. We broadcast this program every Sunday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Stay tuned, we will be right back.
2: What is your purpose here? Well, my purpose here is to remind the uh, African heads of state that there are 22 million of us in America who are also of African descent, and to remind them also that we are the victims of uh, America's colonialism or American imperialism, and that our problem is not an American problem, it's a human problem. It's not a Negro problem, it's a problem of humanity. It's not a problem of civil rights, but a problem of human rights. And what do you hope for from this conference? Well, we hope to uh, bring pressure upon them, or well, rather we hope to impress upon them the importance of their bringing pressure and world opinion upon the United States in some meaningful efforts to solve our problem in America. We want them to help us get our problems before the United Nations and charge America with violating our human rights in the same way that South Africa is charged with violating the human rights of our people in that area. And what uh, sort of reaction have you been getting from the African leaders? Well, I've gotten a good reaction, a very sympathetic reaction, and an understanding reaction. Many of them have been misinformed by the American government into thinking that uh, black people in America don't identify with Africans, and therefore they've restrained themselves from voicing uh, their interest in our problems. I've I've impressed upon them that our problem is their problem, as well as their problems are our problems.
4: from the Black Talk Radio Network. This is Nestor Garcia uh, speaking from Havana, Cuba. And what I want to tell you is that you have all our solidarity on your fight for the several political prisoners that have been held by the U.S. Government. Our comrades and we will fight for the social, political, and human rights of the masses in your country, and we are ready to help you in all the ways we can. So count on us for all your campaign and for all the things you want to do for the freedom of your people and the freedom of the Political Prisoners. And welcome back to Political
0: Prisoner Radio. Let me see if I can open up this article. It was playing an ad. Let me see if I can shut this ad uh, down that's going to play. I have linked to this article about J. Edgar Hoover giving out cash bonuses after evidence fixes the Omaha 2 uh, case. I'll just read just a little bit <clears throat> from the article. Um, let me see. um this is, I believe it doesn't have the author's name, but I'm pretty sure Michael Richardson wrote this. It's on Examiner, and he's the COINTELPRO um, examiner who writes for it. Yeah, Michael Richardson, COINTELPRO. Examiner J. Edgar Hoover, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, was enjoying his vacation with Clyde Tolson in La Jolla, California, an annual retreat the two men took together when Patrolman Larry Menard Sr. was murdered by a bomb in Omaha, Nebraska. Hoover's first awareness of the crime most likely did not come until two days later when he was called by Assistant Director Ivan Conrad, the director of the FBI laboratory. Conrad called Hoover on the last day of Hoover's vacation, August nineteenth, 1970, to ask for directions on a request from Paul Young, the special agent in charge in Omaha, to accept evidence but withheld a laboratory report. Young had sent a recording to FBI headquarters of the 911 call that sent Menard to a bombing ambush at a vacant house. Young wanted to turn the police investigation to... The leadership of the National Committee to Combat Fascism, a Black Panther affiliate chapter, in the tape recording of someone else's voice presented a problem. Edward Poindexter and Wilanga, formerly David Rice, were leaders of the NCCF and were specific targets of COINTELPRO, a clandestine counterintelligence operation of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Young had been under growing pressure from Hoover to do something to get the two men off the streets. Menard's murder presented the perfect opportunity to blame the Omaha two as the pair have come to be called. Hoover gave the okay to withhold a lab report on the identity of the anonymous 911 caller that lured Menard to his death. Conrad wrote a notation on an accompanying memorandum that he talked to Hoover who said, okay to do. Conrad dated and initialed his notation regarding Hoover's command. Uh, let's see. Hoover and Tolson traveled the next day back to Washington, D.C. In Omaha, Larry Menard Sr. was laid to rest following the largest funeral in city history. On August the 21st, Hoover's first day back in office, Hoover gave assistant to the uh, director William Sullivan, a $250 incentive award for meritorious service. Assistant Director John Moore likewise received a surprise $250 bonus. Although Hoover would use cash bonuses as part of his discipline system, they were always earmarked for specific cases or achievement. Never before had Hoover given a subordinate extra money for covering the office in Hoover's absence. You uh, certainly uh, deserve commendation for your exceptionality, meritorious services during the period of time when I was away from Washington, uh, wrote Hoover to Sullivan. I am aware that my absence necessitated your shouldering additional responsibility. Your splendid performance is appreciated. Uh, Let me see. Uh, John Moore was likewise given accommodation and cash award for his actions at FBI headquarters while Hoover was on vacation as head of the administrative division. Moore had oversight of the FBI laboratory and communications between the laboratory and FBI field officers. Um, and he responded the same day with a thank you letter. So, I mean, this is a really a detail, but let me just jump down uh to the relevant portion. The cash payments to Sullivan and Moore are recorded in their FBI personnel files that have been made public. Ivan Willard Conrad's personnel file has not been released, so it is unknown if he too received a cash bonus. The unusual cash bonuses so soon after the plan was made to withhold a FBI laboratory report suggests that Hoover sugarcoated a bitter pill to swallow, complicity in letting one of a policeman's killers get away with murder. So I'm going to stop it there. Um, you can um, read the rest of this article. I have linked to it. Um, again, if you go to examiner.com and you just look up the writer, Michael Richardson. uh, You'll find all the articles that he has written and uh, this was just published two days ago. And so again, this is why I have heard, you know, some of our elders and, um, you know, human rights advocates and those that were specifically on the case of our political prisoners. They have and our political prisoners themselves have said that that's why we need to have a truth and reconciliation commission here in the United States, similar to what South Africa had with the. um, Well, what was that called? The uh, African National Congress of which Mandela was a part of. Uh, because they know, they know that the FBI was involved in illegal activity. were are setting up people and that many of these people are innocent, like the Omaha 2, Ed uh, Poindexter and uh, David Rice, who changed his name to Mondo We Langer. And, you know, they they just aren't interested in truth and justice. But certainly we should keep pushing for that because we have people who are innocent, who have been in there for decades, like the Omaha 2. And it's just if it's it's just nothing right about it, there's nothing just about it. And it's just a shame that we don't even have more, let's call them mainstream organizations like the NAACP Legal Defense Fund or even the ACLU or or any of these other uh, organizations out there that talk about they got a mission of justice, uh, implementing justice and, and helping people that need help. But, you know, when it comes out political prisoners, it's like they're kryptonite and these people don't want to touch them. So that's please check out that article. But just know, again, the United States can point its fingers at, at any other country. It wants to. Uh, But when they're pointing their fingers, they got three of them pointing right back at them. And they have hundreds and even political prisoners that we don't probably don't even know about. So, this is a very important issue, and this is um, the reason why uh, we decided to do political prisoner radio. Sister Amija, you got any thoughts?
3: Yes, um, I just wanted to, um, I guess, respond to um, what was brought up about um, the legislation with Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, in reading the Google Docs and things like that, all I basically see <coughs> is you know, looking at the um federal system. And mm-hmm. when we start um, you know, doing data analysis and looking at the federal system, um, you know, federal system, uh prison the prisoners are dominantly white. Um, it is really, you know, our our local and state facilities um that we really need to be, you know, looking at. Okay. Um,
0: let me let me interject to. there. Let me interject uh-huh. there, and I have I have a link to the summary for those that want to take a look at it, so I guess we'll move on to this portion of the show for uh, the remaining time we have left. I have linked to the Justice is Not for Sale Act 2015. I've been looking it over ever since. I've seen it, um, and I've been discussing it on my program. Let me read this again. The bill would, among other things, abolish private prisons and jails that means that you would abolish the industry. And we know the states and, you know, the states do contract with Private, uh, private prison corporations to not only run state jails like Louisiana, which has a 20-year contract with Correction Corporation of America to run their state jails, and they also have in that contract uh, that you have to keep the jails 90% full, or, and even if you don't meet those quotas, you st- the taxpayers still got to pay for all the empty beds in there. So this would address Uh, local jails and state prisons, if you abolish the private prison industry, if you make it illegal for private prisons to be operating in the United States, sis, don't you think that would address it? What you, the point you raised?
3: Um, it would depend on, um, the facility itself, because many of the facilities, you know, um, you know, some are private, some are state run, you know, some are federal run. Um, so it would it would depend on you know the jurisdiction itself um you know we have to go through you know state by state to know um what we're specifically looking at you know what i mean uh I understand. one of the, one of the oh, now one of one of the main things that I actually um see with what I was reading um the the impact on um You know, the federal system and private prisons as regarding, um, immigrants, you know, um, immigration. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that, that's, that's a key, you know, linchpin that I see that, you know, is, is, is a huge, um, you know, um, a huge issue that definitely needs to be, um, you know, dealt with. But, you know, overall, um, you know, I see that there's, you know, some, Major positives here,
0: and you know, um, some some serious loopholes. You know, um, in terms of loopholes, I I don't see any loopholes. Um, when mm-hmm. when Keith Ellison and uh, Sanders gave the press conference, they both said that this is this bill right here is specific to the private prison industry. All right, that it's mm-hmm. a, it isn't the end all, be all. Um And again, I'm again, let me just get a disclaimer. I don't support any politician or anything like that. I'm looking at the legislation and analyzing the legislation. Right. So they said that they have a huge comprehensive criminal justice reform bill. And, you know, I hate that word reform because you can't reform slavery. You need to abolish slavery. But this bill right. is to deal specifically with private prisons and in my analysis if you get rid of the private prisons you get rid of the private prison lobby which is responsible for the legislation through ALEC I know you know about ALEC and what ALEC does the American uh, Legislative Exchange Commission is where all these different corporations come together and pool their money And then they also write legislation. Then they bring in politicians on the state level and on the federal level and then teach them, y'all. This is a trip. Y'all think y'all live in a constitutional republic. Um, Y'all think y'all live in a shining uh, example of democracy. Uh, But you got corporations writing legislation, then bringing in politicians and teaching them how to go back to their states and sell it to the people and get it passed. And so if you get rid of the private prison lobby, you are eliminating hundreds of millions of dollars that have been going into these campaign coffers to criminalize our people. So just in just looking at it from that aspect, this is this would this would be a major blow. This would be a major blow against the system of slavery in this country. It is not going to end slavery by itself. It is not going to free every single person that needs to be freed from slavery and human trafficking, but it would deal a major blow to to those people. People, uh, those players, like, you know, the board of directors and and CEOs of Correction Corporation, the Geo Group, MTC, all these other uh, people. So, uh, on that alone, you know, I think it would, I would love to see this bill get passed on that alone. But then, um, like you mentioned, it would end the quota system that ICE has to fill up beds with immigrants and so those that quota system leads to what it leads to racial profiling of, of hispanic people you know and with all the problems we hear about in arizona so it would eliminate the quota system that ICE has that of course they use the the sheriff's department the police department to meet those quotas because you know people want to say that the federal government doesn't have control of your local police well that's a lie because they get a whole lot of money, not only to fight the drug war, but also, uh, I forget the name of that program where they detain people and hold them for ICE, you know. So, so definitely, I think that would be a positive. And last but not least, when you try to get, a, I think, like Max... Uh, Max Parthis, who, um, uh, co-hosts New Abolitionist Radio. He has two sons that are in prison. And he was telling me the other day he had talked to one of them. And I don't think they talked but five minutes. And that was $15 for a five-minute call, you know, and they, uh-huh. I, and so, you know, they just making money hand over fist off of the suffering of, of, our, of people. And so, you know, just looking at it on that, I, I think it's worth passing, but I do agree with you and other people, and they have even admitted this isn't the end all be all. Okay. It isn't, but it would, in my opinion, uh, based on my analysis, it would,
3: oh, of course, it would definitely out. have a major impact, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: but who necessarily would it impact? You know. Those right. that you know um, act in a capitalistic manner, and you know um, white people, since white prisoners are the majority of
1: the
0: federal population.
1: Are,
0: are, now I see what you're saying. Yeah, the parole you're talking about the 85 uh, percent parole where you have to do a uh, federal. Uh eighty five percent. I'm just saying right, I'm just yeah. saying
3: by by numbers, by data in general. White people are a majority of the federal prison population. Or mm-hmm. people that are identified by the system as white. Mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. But they and, are and, and,
3: and, and in many scenarios some people are also misclassified. So uh-huh.
0: But hey, like I say on New Abolitionist Radio and then our group moved to abolish twenty first century slavery, we don't want to end slavery just for black people. Just for Native Americans who are disproportionately incarcerated, who nobody really talks about. Uh, We don't want to end it for Hispanics, which are the second largest population uh, in in prisons in general in this country. Uh, But we want to end slavery, period. And so when it comes to slavery, I don't even I'm not even looking at a person's racial classification, but I I understand what you're saying. Um, Yeah. And then, too. It's still in terms of impact our political prisoners, it still doesn't mean because we have seen like in the case of move nine. Where they have met the requirements to be eligible for parole, but because you get these former cops and and whatnot on the parole board, which is a conflict of interest, uh, they still are holding them. So again, it is not in my intention to tell people that you know we need this because it's going to do this or that, you know, and and get our political prisoners out, which is the focus of this program, but. The banking services and telecommunications, reducing those fees to where they're not being overcharged, that would bring relief to the prisoners' families and help them oh, course, to stay absolutely. in check. Yeah. All right, sis. Well, we hope people will check that out for themselves and evaluate it for themselves. Um, and uh, but most importantly, we want y'all to tell people. That the United States government is holding political prisoners and what we classify also as prisoners of war. Many of them are being tortured, held in solitary confinement for over forty years. So whenever you are watching TV or somebody want to talk about Cuba or China or Iran releasing prisoners over there, then you'll be on with the information to bring up the fact that the United States of America, USA Inc. Is holding political prisoners. Uh, Sister Meja, did you have any final thoughts for tonight as we get ready to wrap up?
3: Um, I just wanted to, um, guess I just wanted to say um, that you know if folks could you know write our you know prisoners. Um, I don't know if we have any birthdays. um, No, we
0: didn't have any this week.
3: Right. And I, and I just also, you know, just wanted to give a shout out to, you know, all those individuals, you know, across the country that have been fighting on the front lines that have been incarcerated via fighting against, um, police terrorism and genocide. Uh, a lot of, a lot of names are, you know, in the news, um, from demonstrations and protests across the country. And, um, you know, um, just want to make sure that, that, Wherever people are, what state they're from, whatever city they're from, you know, if you see uh, the need for, you know, bail funds and donations, if you're not necessarily that person's going to be out in the street, you know, please donate your your money to, you know, a a worthy um, individual um, close to where you live at.
0: Most certainly. All right. All right, people, we want to thank you all for joining us tonight on Political Prisoner Radio coming up here. uh, Following us is the Lotus Place. Uh, Stay tuned for the Lotus Place. And we will be back on air next Sunday night at nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time with another episode of Political Prisoner Radio. And make sure that you look us up on Facebook. Um, Just type in their search engine, Political Prisoner Radio, because we do send out information through the week. Um, from that page and you can get uh, a lot of information so thank you again and make sure that you keep our political prisoners and prisoners of war at the forefront of your mind as we are out here struggling because hey they are where they are because they were struggling for us all right so peace and blessings to all be safe behind these enemy lines